have recruited the rich and the powerful. They're running the whole show. Wake up! They're all about you. All around you. Welcome to, I think it was episode seven. Are we on episode seven? I believe Lucky so. Lucky number seven of uh, Painovich and Boscovich. I'm here with Borzoi. Uh, this Happy is a Mardi Gras. Happy Fat Tuesday to you, Mike. Oh, dude, I gotta have, I, I gotta have pancakes. I forgot it was Fat Tuesday. Oh, that's right. Yeah, like I think the, uh, the British call it Shrove Tuesday. Shrove Tuesday, yeah, that's what we used to call it in the yeah. Episcopal Church. Michigan, and then we have like uh, Monday, Thursday, <laughs> but that's at the end. Uh, that's during Michigan, Holy Week. Yeah, it's a uh, Punchki day. Yeah, Shrove Tuesday, and then, yeah, and then like at the end of uh, Holy Week is I think the night before Good Friday or the end of Lent, then Holy Week, and then the uh, it's it was like Monday, Thursday. They call it which is like was it Monday, Thursday? I've never heard that term. Oh, you've never heard that term? Yeah, anyway. No. It's like very much like the kind of thing that like people that want to be wasps would be into. Or just wasps themselves would be into. But like wannabe wasps are almost like more committed to it. As always, right? Wannabes are always a little bit more committed to it. It's the yeah, it's the it's the zealot, it's the converts like zeal. Yeah, just like this person who's slightly on the outside. Like the guy who's like the guy who's like three quarters white and like one quarter beaner is like the most committed Nazi. Yeah. Well, you can, it, well, you, you can all, cause I grew up in a, yeah. or at least the Catholic most committed, Ox extremely family. online Nazi. Well, shall we say? Yeah. well, I grew up in a Catholic family. My, my family's Catholic and Orthodox, mm. but I can always tell the people who are converts to either Catholicism or Orthodoxy. Cause you know what you're talking about. Well, <laughs> and I grew up with people who grew up in the faith. And it's like, they don't know anything about the well, religion. That's remember this saying, right? This old, this old saw, this old gag, if you want to know what's in the Bible, ask an atheist. If you want to know yes. what's in the U.S. tax code, ask a libertarian. Yes. Um, yes. So people that – like, if you want to know about Israel, ask a fucking anti-Semite. You, you want to know about the history of Israel? I'm your guy. I'm your Huckleberry. Well, speaking of that, <laughs> speaking of yes. which of – Oh, of, good segue. Very good segue. The – you were kind of wondering, like, how are libtards, how are liberals yeah, how dealing are they with this dealing kind of stuff? with it. And I'm a little bit separate from that community on, these days. It was on my mind because Nancy Pelosi put that FUD out there about people who are protesting on the Israel-Palestine yeah. Before issue, we get into that, finally, though, real, real okay, quick, I want to just take care of a couple items of business. One, this is a pre-recorded sure. show today, not a stream. However, if you start exactly at like 6 p.m. and watch the video all the way through – it will be just like as if it were streaming. Like you'll have the same experience. Secondly, um, this is the free hour. We're going to do the free paid thing this hour. It's going to be the free first hour. We're going to talk about stuff, take a break, and then the second hour is going to only be for subscribers. So if you're not subscribed, go to the right stuff.biz slash paywall. 
And now we'll go back to the show. Sorry. I hate doing announcements at the beginning, but it's the only way to annoy people enough into subscribing, I think. I, I could be wrong, totally wrong about that, but we'll, we'll try it. You might as well do it. You yeah. might as well do it at the start. But you were wondering, what like what are people of the liberal disposition who are bought in onto this kind of stuff? Like, What are they thinking on the situation? Well, I finally got a chance to talk to people that I know that are daily MSNBC watchers. They oh know God. all that stuff. Yeah. Basically... It's the whole purpose is like, you know, we we throw the word FUD around quite a bit, but that's yeah. what what this actually fear, uncertainty, doubt. I've talked to people. They basically just straight up tell me like, I don't have an opinion. I just don't I just don't know enough. Like they're, they're afraid. They're afraid to have an opinion on this kind of stuff because yeah. they know, especially like in, in Michigan, because there's Jews and Arabs in the in that state. Yeah, they're genuinely like worried to have a an opinion on that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so they they if you confront them on it, they prefer to just not talk about it. Uh, apparently, all they like all they're getting because I get this a lot is that they're talking about Trump trial stuff, like the various court cases like, he's who, involved in stuff that I have no context for. So but also bro- like who gives a shit? Issue, like nothing's yeah, going to come of any of that. Yeah. They know all the details about it. So if I broach the issue to them about the Israel Palestine thing, which is especially pertinent in the state of Michigan with the Arab populations there. Mm-hmm. They're they'll just quickly state like oh I don't I, I don't know if I don't know enough about it I don't have an opinion on it like it's just, that's what they're training them to do is that mm-hmm. because they know with the like like the more Roger Waters types who will make the whole um Ash you know like they'll do like the colonialist or Nazi mm-hmm. type comparisons with it they'll do that and that's still more than what the Jews want to deal with they would rather have the people like that I'm talking to who just say like um, uh, i i you know mm-hmm. they'll vote democrat but i don't have an opinion i i just don't yeah. know enough i would re- i would just re- considering how americans love to bloviate and things they don't know about they are it's, it's a very strange yeah no it's too. a strange how like there certain issues always bring out the uh agnostic the ambivalent the person who doesn't want to speak up because they don't know enough when when like when does that happen with libtards or conservatives really that they Especially don't just blow like yeah. just like just fucking blow their mouths off about all kinds of shit like not knowing anything. I used to do it myself. I used to just constantly run my mouth on shit I had no fucking clue about, like totally arrogantly. And so I decided actually, since I like running my mouth, I better learn what the fuck is going on. But um, <clears throat> that's not usually something that people do. But I even recall this sort of attitude from like my mom. And my parents are were both born Midwesterners, and then they mm-hmm. they and they both went to Saint Olaf College, actually Saint Olaf College in Northfield, Minnesota. And my mother was from Minneapolis, my father was from Fargo, and then they um, and then when they got divorced, my stepmother was uh, from Ohio, and my stepfather that my mother remarried was from Wisconsin. So they're all like you know Midwest people, and uh, but they all had transplanted to like the the New York area and become like big professionals in that area. Um, but, uh, I noticed like, what's interesting is like leftists and liberals in New York that are sort of native to that area are more opinionated on it, uh, because that's where actually 
like a lot of the protesting is happening is actually in New York, which is already just a hyper politicized place. But I would talk to mostly my it, mother. It's where, it's where the taste making is made as well. Yeah. So they're more in tune to what the like for Midwesterners to what like is all, going. That, that's yes. downstream. So yes. they get a little bit nervous that they don't mm-hmm. know exactly what the right. talking points right. are. Right. And even though my parents lived in that area, like I would talk to my mom about this, and it wouldn't be just Israel, but it would also be. Um, foreign policy stuff and and specifically stuff around like hillary clinton during the 2016 election we would because i was supporting trump she was supporting hillary and my dad wouldn't talk to me anymore because i was a racist right it was just like no but my mother still never my mother never abandoned me she would still uh we would still talk and have dinner together and stuff like that and we would talk about this stuff she was she was supporting hillary and i was supporting trump and i would tell her you know mom and she was like privately kind of critical of israel but i feel like the more it actually mattered the more they would shy away from it, right? Like, it's sort of like we are talking about how uh, Walter Block has gone full genocidal, you know, the libertarian yeah. intellectual Walter Block. And then we were speculating because Hans Hermann Hopp, you know, Hopp perspective, better than Hoppe perspective, in my opinion. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's like this is the real, this is the true Hoppe perspective. <laughs> But um, he was accusing. He's saying he was basically writing a, 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 a good article attacking Walter Block for like betraying every libertarian principle, and he was saying he was invoking Murray Rothbard. So the question came up: Would Murray Rothbard have been agreeing with Hobb? And I was like, Well, based on Murray Rothbard's writings and legacy, yes. But Murray Rothbard was active at a time between the seventies and the nineties when. Relatively, I'm not saying it was like. Well, wasn't secure. he also a Michelin? Wasn't he also like? Cause I don't. I, I, I don't know. Think, I was. Thinking I do not know. I, for some reason, I think, as I recall, like his father was Jewish, his mother was not. He might like. He really? might fall under my uh, uh, my. Let's Michelin look it up. Let's, let's look this recall. up. Like I just feel like I remember hearing that um, I, I, Murray Rothbard was actually half Jewish. Really? Let me just look it up. Who were his parents? Um, yeah. I'm pulling it up as well. Although he looks extremely Jewish. He looks really Jewy, and I never th- even thought about it, right? Uh, whether that was... Oh, no, they were they were both. Uh, David and Ray Roth are Jewish immigrants. That's right. He married yeah, he married a non-Jewish woman. Wasn't that what... Like, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. He married a non-Jewish woman. I mean, who knows? But there's another element to that, which is, I believe, uh, Rothbard's parents, if you want to go somewhat further with this analysis that goes beyond, you know, his parent. I don't think his parents were Orthodox Jews. Walter Block came out of a Brooklyn Orthodox. He's a tunnel Jew. Walter Block is a tunnel Jew. He comes out of that. That's the community that he came out of. And he talks about that in the few times he's talked about his own personal biography. He well, was born. I mean, his, par- his, his parents were from Poland and Russia, so they are from that kind of milieu. It just might not have worked. I mean, it just might well, have but they, they could have been more on the secular political side of things, too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, they, they, they might have been the more assimilated side of Jews. Right. I think that they probably were. Like, Bloch is literally a tunnel Jew, and his yeah. tunnel Jew instincts are coming out. Well, yeah. Anyway, but that wasn't even what I was looking at. My point was. Um, he was operating as an intellectual kind of at the same time as like someone like Noam Chomsky was, right? Where you're dealing with post-Yom Kippur War, pre-Oslo. And Israel at that point was – it wasn't always in the news and it wasn't like a like – it was a major preoccupation of U.S. foreign policy, et cetera, right? But it wasn't necessarily the focus of media attention. There wasn't like any big major con- – like there was the Lebanon thing. Before Americans in the 80s, the Lebanon thing was like 
I don't know what's going on, right? <laughs> it was like there's some crazy six six way war in Beirut, and I don't understand it, right? Like I remember, and Jews would would actively encourage that. Like Dennis Miller did a did a comedy routine at that time where he's like, "Oh, Beirut is not just a place where they have an open air video game," and and like and everybody like clapped and laughed, you know. But it's sort of like Israel. I'm not saying it was like secure, but it was like it it, it was like. It wasn't always on everyone's mind. So there's more. My point is, there was more room for Jewish intellectuals to carve out a space for themselves as like a leader of an intellectual movement that a lot of goys would be attracted to, where they yeah. don't like the Israel question. They can easily like take a, a, a seemingly principled stance because because both Chomsky and Rothbard in their own respective anarchist circles were anti-Israel, right? Like, Rothbard was unequivocally so. Like, he wrote about yeah. it. He, he sided with Palestine. He sided against the Jews. I was, re- I was reading so, it a little bit more. He, he was sympathetic to basically reform Judaism, which makes sense because that's how Jews captured the institutions in the United States was through I'm surprised he, he wasn't just straight up like an atheist. Well, the uh, according to the Wikipedia, like he, he was somewhere between basically reform and an agnostic. So essentially, like, he was more of like an atheist. Yeah, because I never. Jew, but that, but that makes more sense because that's how Jews captured institutions in the United States right. was through presumably ideal the ideological lens of like we're, we're, yeah. we're assimilated ideological Jews and we're just taking the United States ideology to its logical conclusion. That's right. how they were able to right. capture a lot of these. And if you look at like Chomsky and Rothbard as like mirror images of each other, right? You know, uh, yeah. But um, in any case, yeah. So, but my point being that so at that point in in that time period, you know, when I was growing up, and my parents were like very political. Uh, you know, taking an opinion on like a critical, but like not that committed opinion on Israel. Like, oh yeah, it's no good. My stepmother used to talk about it, where she would say, because she was a she was a Zionist. She supported Zionists because she was uh she grew up German and she always had this guilt. According to her, yeah. this was her story that she had like guilt, and she was total philo semite of all my people, my relatives. She was the most philo semitic, right? She loved Jews. She fucking worshipped Jews, and I have I have lots of anecdotes about that from growing up. But um, and and she lived in New York City for a long time. She went to Columbia University, and uh, so she was familiar with Jews. And she would say things like, "Well, I remember when uh, they first started to build the settlements." And everybody was telling them that they shouldn't do it, and they went ahead and did it anyway, and we were all sort of shaking our heads. And so she sort of went that journey from being like an active Zionist because she supported it because like a liberal left-wing socialist thing and the Jews were victims. And the Arabs could be seen as, frankly, the big meanies early on. Like the big meanie Arabs, the religious like big meanie allied with the Soviet Union Arabs, you know, so it was easy for a liberal to be like, oh, look at these plucky Jews – and they're they always, little, they always framed it as like oh like Israel's just like this little uh, matchbox yeah. like state and like mm-hmm. Arabs have all this big open space and they're just picking on and they also did the thing Jews. where look we had uh, like Israel has Arab citizens like the Arab states don't have Jewish citizens like all that shit right all these arguments that they use um anyway so that all was untenable by like the nineties right you can't have that anymore you can't view it that way anymore because it's the power relationship is so obvious anyway. My point being that they ha- they the people I knew in my family had sort of mildly Israel critical, but they never wanted to talk about it. And as it as it got more important, as it got more like a key element of everything and more obvious, like they wanted to talk about it less and less. So sort of like yeah. as a libtard in like the eighties, 
you could probably even in even in a circle of mixed Jew Gentile circles, you could talk. Oh, is the occupation like we should have a peace solution, right? And Jews probably like their hair wouldn't immediately stand on end. But today, no. Today it's so fraught because the the, the actual genocidal intent, which was always there, is now front and center. So now you need to either shut the fuck up or support it. Well, that's and, why, like, the old school leftists that criticize Israel, like, from, like, the Roger Waters perspective, tend to be those boomers from yes, that generation because yeah. of mm-hmm. different type of programming. Anyone who's an Xer or younger, especially millennials, who do the whole thing of, uh, I don't have an opinion on this, uh, it's, uh, it's too complicated, it's because they were inundated in a completely different mm-hmm. ideological environment, yeah. and they're frankly afraid because they see like the prestige hit you take when you criticize israel they're afraid to say what they think even if they have like they know people who are arab or pro-palestine they're just afraid to put that toe out there because they know they're gonna get slapped down for it as an exer i can tell you the effectively what we were trained what we as a generation were trained to say on israel was like i don't understand it yeah that would like the boomers yeah. were either trained, boomers were trained to have to like like it actually to openly like it and liberal or they conservative either, they either love it or they criticize Israel for being Nazi is essentially or, what it is for boomers they the Nazi thing is actually relatively recent they they, they didn't used to do that like they, it would be like they would criticize it for being an occupying power and. And, well, and, and in some ways, they would even be. You could, you could see Soviet propaganda from the seventies, where they basically uh, did yeah. the whole equation of Zionists to Nazis type things. So That's anyone, that was like a hard left thing, though. Like Liptard yeah, didn't really saying, like, do that. Old, like, that was so like when a, I say that, like I'm talking about because yeah. like, that's where Roger Waters, for example, yes, comes out yeah, of. he's like comes a leftist, out of that old yeah. left. He comes out of that old left tradition. I like, I know they're the minority within the boomer generation, but they do exist, and that's mm-hmm. why they criticize well, it from it, the whole. The thing is perspective. That is far more of a tenable position. Like a milk toast, like I kind of support Israel, but it's regrettable when they do these bad things, which is sort of my stepmother's view on it. Was like, I like Israel, I support it, like, you know, with Zionism, but like they should really chill out. You know, that was Jews were perfectly fine if that was your position for a very long time. But you can't say that now because the, they should chill out is now, holy shit, they all, they like someone of that pers- per, uh, persuasion is now confronted with the reality that they're just committing genocide. So, like, now what? Well, so you have to be supportive or shut the fuck up. Like, and and so the the, the preferable position is, like, I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. Yeah. I don't know anything, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, it's sort of it's sort of interesting, and and the I've, attempts, I've heard that so often. Like I don't I don't know I don't know enough to have an opinion on it. Like well, you didn't like, you had an opinion on everything before. Yeah, like you have opinions on so many things about which you know absolutely fuck. Are you? It's like it's like it's amazing. Some now suddenly the self awareness kicks in. <laughs> the self awareness that you don't know shit. <laughs> now suddenly, suddenly you get it that you're actually a fucking idiot that doesn't know anything. <laughs> That's funny. What do you think about it? Yeah, but well, um, that's the funny. That's that's the funniest thing. Just because, like, I the people I talk to who have these liberal opinions who can't stop talking about the opinions they have. Like when the Israel Palestine thing comes up, because like I have a lot. I have a lot more. Like I'm very vocal. I've been for years vocal on my pro Palestinian position. Mm-hmm. Like they suddenly like I become very sheepish on it, which I always found extremely. Amusing. I fucking hate it, like, dude. Yeah. It actually triggers me. And I used to fight with 
even like my parents about this because I was vocally pro Palestine like twenty twenty five years ago, and they would always oh you're oh you're so extreme you're so angry about everything you, you should you know they would always do this to me, um, and it's just yeah even my sister would do this shit to me she would be like you always just oh, Israel 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 and I was like well, look at what they're fucking doing, but yeah but I can't stand the um the I I don't know just these. These copy takes just I, I love I always have loved like throwing it in people's face and using this sort of vague abstractions or, or evasions that they do and you like solve the problem for them and then ask them to take a position like I don't know anything about what is well I'll tell you what they like I don't know enough to have an opinion well okay what about the idea of taking a city of a million and a half people and cutting off all water and power to it and then bombing it. Do you have an opinion on that? I don't, I, I don't know enough. I just don't. I well, just no, no, don't no, know but I'm te- no, but I'm giving you the information. Uh, but I don't, I just don't. But, I don't but I'm giving you the information. I, I, I'm telling you what's happening. I am afraid of my prestige <laughs> yes, exactly, being affected right. by this, so I do not have an opinion on this. Right. That's what I would always like press on that issue. Like, well, if you, oh, if you don't have an, oh, you don't have the information, I can give you the information. I'm giving you the information. You don't have enough information? Well, here's the information. Now, I could say, you don't have to, then you do the bit, you don't have to believe me, you can look it up. But oh, I'm not going to look anything up because I prefer not to have the, I don't want to have the, I don't want the information. Don't give me the information. I don't want the information. I resent well, you I mean, for, I, now, now I resent you for having given me the information. I, well, I didn't see this in the news. I, I just, I don't, I don't know about that. I just don't, I do, <laughs> well, that's, that's the other thing I hear. It's like, I, well, I, I didn't see anything about that. I don't know anything. I just, I don't know about that. I do like that's the, that's well, then, the uh, I say. It's like I don't I don't know about that. What I always say well, is, what do you think I'm lying to you? you? But I don't know. Like it wasn't on the television. They didn't explain this to me. I don't know about that. Right. And I'll be like, yeah. And then my, I, I I would just straight up tell them like, well, do you think I'm lying to you? Like, do you are you calling me a liar? Do you think I'm lying? I mean, if you do, I, I you, you can tell me. I won't be offended. But I'm just curious if that's what the issue is. And then they don't want to take a position on that, right? So it's like. <laughs> That was my thing, and that's always been my thing, and that's I think why I ended up where I am. It's like really I hate the fact that like, you won't just take you won't just take a fucking position. Yeah, what's that? Did they ever get upset with you? Did you ever get a situation of tears in that situation? Yes. Oh, all the time. Yeah. Okay. Constantly. Okay, I got that. I got that too. I got that too. I know. Constantly. I know. Exactly no, they get mad at you. No, absolutely, all the fucking time. Of forcing my mother used to just tell me like I sometimes I don't want to have to have opinions on everything. Or sometimes I don't want to have to examine everything and, and, and analyze it down to the last detail the way you do. And so I'll be like, okay. You know, it would legitimately, it would always be conversations around this would always get to the point of like, let's, like, everybody shut the fuck up. And then, like, uncomfortable silence. And I, I used to, like, kind of sort of feel bad about it because I would always be the cause of that. But I don't feel bad anymore. I'm like these. You deserve your discomfort. Like I'm happy that yeah. you were uncomfortable. Well, and yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm well, now. I'll- and now I got to the point where like I'm going to live this uncomfortable moment where like everyone's silent around the dinner table and like passing the mashed potatoes around. Like like look in shame. Like looking at it. Like I live in that moment and I enjoy it. I'm enjoying the yeah. fact that everyone else is uncomfortable and I caused it. Like fuck all of you. You're all a bunch of pussies. Well, I- I've heard about how the people who got roped into Jan 6, like, deserve the prosecutions that happened to them, that they deserve the jail time, they deserve everything that happens to them. And then, like, all this, like, panic and equivocation happens when the Israel-Palestine thing comes up or the idea that there's any kind of collective guilt 
towards, for example, maybe the Israelis in terms oh, of what's just, happening over there. Yeah, and dude. So like, it's just like this shitting and crying and panicking over even bringing that issue up. It's like, well, you you were very happy to talk about how yep. white people like deserve like yep. who got roped into Jancic deserve what happens to them. So. Yep. Yeah. No. Like, fuck you. Like, you, you sound off about other shit. I'm I'm perfectly happy to literally be the rat at the garden party to spoil everybody's fun. I think that's one thing we have in common. You know, Jesse one time told me uh, when we first started doing the show that he used to literally be like he was no fun. Like he would ruin, <laughs> as you can imagine, he would be like, yeah. "Yeah, I would be the guy that would show up when everyone's just watching football and start talking about like Rush Limbaugh, and everybody be like, can you just shut up?'" And he'd be like, "No." Well, that's how I am. So <laughs> that's I how everyone is. That's how all of us are. That's why we do this. <laughs> that's if you, I mean, like we always try to figure out, like, what's the common denominator? Is that you like, actually don't yeah. mind making everybody uncomfortable in order to talk about <laughs> like, politics? Like, like it actually makes sense to consider, like, like when I look at some of our our commenters, like, like they have like these weird quirks, and I realize, like, wait a minute, I share those quirks as well. Like, we're just the people who upset everybody else's fun. Yeah, and I like it. And now I just, I just own that. And the other thing is, it's like, um. It's like uh, what's the whole the saying of like don't talk about religion or politics because yeah. and I'm like that's the only thing that's interesting to talk about. <laughs> it's the only thing that's worth talking about. Yeah. yeah, and this is this goes to my further theory. Why are Jews so successful? Why in terms of power seeking, right? In terms of gaining actual material they talk power, about existential issues. All they ever talk about are politics. Jews don't have normies. We've talked about this before, but this is this is a made, this is like the normie theory of Jewish power, or whatever you want to call it. They don't have normies. And while that, that, that's funny, you, funny you mention that because that's basically Hannah Arendt's like like she's got a number of different philosophical ideas, but one of her philosophical ideas is essentially like I, that's a, a oversimplified way of saying, it, but like her idea is like there's no normies. Like you either you either see the political realm or you are active in the political realm. There's no there's no like middle ground. There's no fair space that people can play in. It's like you're either engaged or not engaged. If you're not engaged, you're just subject to other people's power. Yeah, and Jews as a race are engaged and so and, and not only that what jews do is since they don't have normies and you need to have functional normies in order to have like a society and economy you know people who are not checked into the political thing and just living their lives doing their work fun- contributing to society which is white people are extremely good at that the best in the world i would argue even better than any other race even asians um at being people who like are functional members of society contributing to it but not necessarily taking such an active role in it although white people do like to take an active role in things too uh there's a large population of whites that that don't that just accept systems and work within them right and white people do have the the subset of us who do ascend to you know elite circles or become activists become volunteers things like that but we can't out compete Jews because we one we're not all on the same page we don't understand ourselves as being in a racial power struggle all the time so even though there's probably more non-normy whites than there are Jews um we don't understand ourselves as always being in a racial power struggle and now Jews they don't have any normies at all they co-opt our normies like with the t- with ownership of media that they they co-opt our normies Let's, and they co-opt yeah, like even the some whole of, Michael Rapport thing what was like right. life grifter or whatever the whole purpose life of grifter like put, yeah, I was just calling it that, kite kite grifter 
type yeah. grifter put your name and thing in this we're going to automatically like we're just going to plug and play like we're going to automatically contact your congress for like congress whatever, yeah. whatever you want to argue with the efficacy of that actually is that's irrelevant the fact is like they have a whole thing set up where it's like that they had that and they up, spun it up like that you just show up we're going to contact elected officials for this specific issue that is a a level of media organization that does not exist presently within white people at all and for no. jews that's just natural like, and white people frankly set up, you just show up they resent people that try and do it and and frankly yeah. the reason is also because the jew media has absolutely brainwashed and programmed them against white people that try to do this on behalf of whites like that and they have been they have brainwashed them they have got them either to believe it or to understand that it is scary and you must shy away from it or to be or to turn on the I don't have an opinion about that. I don't know about that. I don't want to talk about that to turn that instinct on, which is something lurking in every white person, that fear of loss of prestige, loss of status, loss of position, loss of ultimately income from taking loss, a, of, loss of subscriber. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially. Yes. Um, and so this is, this is one of the issues, but, and, and again, it's not that Jew, this is like, it's not that Jews are all in agreement with each other. It's not even that they don't have brutal internal infighting and that one side will win and sometimes even try to wipe out the other side, not necessarily physically, but wipe them out as a tendency. Um, they do, they have all of this. Like there's, there's all kinds of internal factional stru- struggles yeah. within Judaism right they, now, but they call the race principle. All of them are engaged in an argument with the understanding that they are in a race war with the rest of the world. All of them. All of them. Or at the very least, a racial competition with the rest of the world, which is not something I think that white people are understanding. We've been trained not to understand it. But that's the truth of it. And all it would take is for those of us who are whites that are interested in politics and understand it and interested in the idea of power systems and and actually having – our say in the power system, not the not the the Ted K power system, but the the political power system, right? Um, you know what's his like the mastery over whatever. I don't. I'm not even talking about that. You know what I'm talking about, right? The actual governing system, the actual uh, well, yeah. distribution of power and and resources and things like that, right? He, Th- those of us that are actually Ted, interested Ted in that. Ted K didn't talk about race for the most part, but like he understood the system. Like you can easily plug. Like if you take but, a, if you have a Ted K understanding of the system, you can just plug race in very easily. It's not a problem. But his idea of the power process is not what I'm talking about here. Right. Now, I'm not talking about the power process in terms of your own power. I'm talking about the power process in terms of like the actual way that nation states and governments and and economies are organized and on whose behalf and who's running it right those of us who are like we should be running it or have a say in running it and i'm like i it used to be that they would say like well you're just mad because you don't like like you're not necessarily a believer in like democracy or whatever but you just want to be running the show i'm like yes Yes, I think that I am smarter than other people. I'm more ethical and moral than other people, and I have the what's in best interest of white people in mind. And yes, I should be part of a governing decision-making system that distributes power and resources on this earth. Yes, I think that. And I am a, I am a believer in democracy, 
democracy yes. for white people for people like when you un- when you well have i think the government the should be doing what it <laughs> when you understand yeah. nations like yeah, yeah like democracy is fine for people within a nation like but america that's another nation. thing that the jew it's media heiress lunatic asylum that's another thing democracy with these people right well that's another thing that the jew media has inculcated into people is the idea that you're supposed to be humble oh, i'm not the one that's taking power fuck that fuck that i'm not saying i should be dictator but i believe that because I'm smarter than average and more thoughtful than average, more ethical and moral than average, and more interested in how these these uh, these issues are decided than average, yes, it's my right to be part of a system that makes these kinds of decisions, to have an influence over that. I, I believe that's my birthright. Yeah, and and I'm not the only one. I think I think all many of the people in our community are similar because they also have similar ideas and similar caring about systems and caring about how power and resources are distributed amongst people and how things just ought to be. And so white people, if even if we had in that, in that you had like libtards and shit like that, as long as they understood that the argument was about this, right? Like as long as all the white people interested in politics and power systems and being part of such a thing understood that this was about us deciding for ourselves how we are to do it, we would beat the Jews. All that matters is the race principle. That's right. All that matters. We would beat the Jews. Everything else is like, oh, do you want to have free market? Do you want to have a, a you know, I, I have my views on all of that. But none of that is, is, that's all secondary. And I would be happy to lose some of those arguments if the race principle was the one that came first. Right. So that's All kind these of the practice point. arguments we can have as long as we have self determination first and foremost. Right. And and that's the issue. And that's what is lacking, and that's what Jews have used their media control and frankly their crypsis and everything else to train out of us. And so that's my thing. It's like I think even amongst our people, the people that listen to this, like one of the reasons that you are attracted to this show, let's be honest, you probably have a career in something like medicine or engineering or computers, or law, or something else that is uh, something requiring a higher IQ than average. You're probably more interested in politics than the people around you. You probably think about power and power systems. You probably have very strong ideas, moral ideas, ethical ideas about how things ought to be structured and ordered. And you have been actively, because you're probably a white male, maybe a white female, but most likely a white male, but either one, You've been actively excluded from any any decision making yeah. systems, and it's because of your race. You're, de- you're D class A, right? It's because of your race. You've, you you've not only been denied a. your right as a better than average white person to take part in decision making processes. You've probably even been denied a decent living, or you've been denied a comfortable living. You probably have a lot of precarity in your life. You probably have a lot of worries, bills. Uh, you know, next paycheck comes, you might be out of a house. You might be out of a car. All these things, that's on purpose because Jews understand we are their competition and therefore they want to put us in that situation. That's why I have such disdain for people that are like, oh, I don't want to me, I don't want to, I don't want to think about that, right? And I also think that that's kind of a, the, the, pe- the person that says that, I don't want to think about that, I'd rather not consider that right now, I don't have an opinion. That person is kind of like, you're sort of, declaring yourself a normie when you do that you're like declaring i'm not actually interested you're declaring yourself a non-combatant yes in a war you're like you're like yes i'm 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 a civilian i uh you know i i want to be given the protection of the un or something like that you know yeah you're just you're a non-combatant 
You're not in. You're not part of the system. You're just, and you might as well then have no opinions about anything. You might as well stop watching the news, and just do what a lot of people do and check out and just enjoy some other thing, anime or movies or sports or whatever. Because you're, you know, that's the worst is that these are people that fancy themselves as knowledgeable and interested in stuff. Because they're talking about Donald Trump fucking court cases. That's just a soap opera. Yeah, that, that's kind of the absurdity. That's of it, just that's like, just entertainment for adults. So what did Hitler say? Want, it's a school for adults. <laughs> yeah, you want you want the ability to be a non-combatant while also being a commander, which is the, the, in a, a traditional wartime atmosphere. By being a non-combatant, like you are not involved in what the power system and what the military system is doing. You are just maintaining. Yeah certain things but you're basically not going to be opinionated on this stuff in in the maintenance of this but the way the american system works is you declare yourself vocally i'm a non-combatant but also i want to have a, a say in how things work it's like that's not how it works in wartime it's just not how it works well jews are very good at giving you a simulation of it right yeah here here's and that's what that's what the political theater is, is a simulation of it right yeah let's give you a simulated conflict that you can t- get invested in and increasingly, it's just entertainment for people. Like, politics are some kind of entertainment, but, like, there's actual real decisions being made. And that's why, like, I find increasingly political theater stuff to be just, I don't care anymore. Like, the Trump stuff, it's like, okay, it's funny, some of it. And the Biden being dumb and stuff, it's like, okay, like, he is dumb. And that's also, I think, like, honestly, I've seen this take out there that, like, oh, they're getting ready, getting ready. like, Biden... I actually heard this yesterday uh, because Biden said he issued like a stern warning to Israel about the the Rafa thing that now that's why they're saying all this stuff about how he's incompetent and too old and senile. I don't think that's true at all because his administration would never have said that if it wasn't approved by like five Jews, right? Yeah. So it's not like he goes out there and says that. No, if they're considering and they might very well be. Considering like replacing him, having someone else stand for the election. I, well, I've, ta- I've talked to Democrat members of my family, and they and I bring up the the Biden mental issues. They just down like even though like they'll acknowledge it, but they'll also downplay the significance of it. Well, is, they, they're they're, they're they almost marching. They have their marching orders, so they just they're almost right to, to do that, them. right? Because um, because my point is that like if they do get rid of Biden, it will actually be simply because he's too old. It won't be because he anything he said about Israel or something like that. That's right. actually not true. Because yes. nothing said about Israel, the sort of stern warning, don't invade Rafa or whatever. That's If Anthony Blinken doesn't want to do that, that's not getting done. Like That's not getting said. right? If Anthony Blinken and his, his Jew team at the State Department don't approve of that message, there's no one going to say that. If the National Security Advisor, if Victoria Nuland doesn't want to say that, if Jake Sullivan doesn't want to say it, he's not going to say it. It's not going to be said. So there's no like they're getting revenge on Biden for saying it. No, if it might they might just be like, okay, this guy is not a credible president. He's legitimately too old. But the other thing is, and I think people get this, you know, you're not voting for Biden, right? You're you're voting they're for voting Democrat, the Democrat yeah. Party, right? You're voting for the Democrat Party, and the people that are going to vote for it trust that they, essentially what they're saying is, I want the Democrat establishment to staff the decision-making posts in our government rather than the Republican establishment. That's what yes. you're saying. Biden yes. does not 100%, matter. 100%. I can attest to that. People and everyone gets that. It basically outright said that. So. Yeah, that's what it is. And like, you might as well just be honest about it because it's not like it's an own to, it's not like you get owned. If you just, if, if a Republican comes to you, Oh, you voted for dumb Biden. No, I didn't. 
I voted for an establishment that is going to keep you and your dumbass people out of the out of the White House. And yeah, Biden's an old man. He'll probably resign. And we'll have this this, this well, weed smoking nigger bitch in the in the, in the, in the Oval Office. But who cares? Because it's the same decision, same people making the same Jews making the decisions. This goes hand in hand with what you guys have talked about quite a bit of like where where conservatives like the focus on personality oh my God. politics like it's always so the person. But like I've talked to Democratic members, they're of actually family of, smarter of, like, than people. That. Yeah, like, they well, well, what they they don't like. People almost don't exist in the way that they talk about things. They talk about specific issues. I'm pro-choice. I'm pro-weed. Uh, I'm pro. Um, <laughs> I've, I've I've heard that as well. Uh, I'm pro-weed. Pro- yeah, no, well, then Kamala is the one that. for you. Yeah. Well, she's pro. Anyways, I'm not. I'm not going to talk about who. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't like her. But <laughs> um, well, there's no know, one because like, there I, isn't anybody. Like I'm pro democracy. They always talk about it within the context of specific issues, and so they no. see the Democratic Party as a vehicle for uh, uh, basically achieving these issues. Whereas when I talk yeah. to people who are conservative or Republican in my family, it's always about specific people: Biden's economy, yep. Biden's America. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and frankly, like this is the this is the truth. It's because they're stupider. It's because they're not as intelligent. They're not, well, they're not. You, that's one way of putting it, and I do agree with that. But like, if you want to be like nicer, it's like they're not. They're non-systemic. I see they no reason to be nice. Just, well, okay, <laughs> I, I, I'm Midwesterner. I can't. I can't help it. Like, eh, the, I, I use. I'm like part Midwesterner, part part East Coaster, and I'm just shedding that that nice guy yeah, shit because I'm. That's, it's that's, like that's I'm just. I have so much scar tissue built up from being the nice guy in the room. I'm like, yeah. What have I ever gotten for it? Fuck it. Nah, they're just dumbasses. There's a bunch they're of dumbasses. Not, they're non-systematic in terms yeah. of their uh, yeah. ideology. No, they might as well just be watching TV. I mean, they are. They are just watching TV. Yeah. You might as well just be watching uh, like uh, a political drama show. You might as well just be watching like Veep. Or like, what the fuck was that show with Kevin Spacey? What the hell was that called again? The show? Like, yeah. Uh, oh, um, Casa Card. Yeah, you might as well just be watching that. Just watch that. It's the same thing. It's watching. You're just watching dramas about people. Yeah. All right. Go watch well, like, like Yes I mean, Prime Minister or something some, on the beach. <laughs> when you see some of the uh, like schizophrenic takes, like it's yeah. it's always funny. Like, what media product did you watch that has informed this take? Because they often relate it to that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it's so funny. This is one of the things that kind of frustrates me about like Russia shills. Not, not when I say right, I mainly mean like the Duran because I actually do watch their content, though not all the time, just to get it un- like an actual understanding of the news coming out of like Russia and the war because they're very good about covering that. But it's really funny when they switch gears to U.S. politics. They switch from like what are pretty, very well informed and intelligent takes on like, international stuff, military stuff, and and diplomatic stuff internationally. Now, of course, they avoid the Jewish issue, but you can easily read it between the lines of what they say. When they just start to talk about domestic politics, they switch to like literally like brain-dead analysis of individual personalities. And I'm like, you're, you're obviously, for whatever soft power influence thing this is for the Russian state, it's like you switch from like a Russian way of thinking about politics to a dumbass American well, conservative. Way. Well, it's really weird. Well, like a post leftist or anti woke. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. They they they, they suddenly they become the morons. Same thing. They become yeah. they become extremely personality driven on this stuff. I can't count the amount of times I've seen this with people where like they used to like you look at their early work and they're very systematic and systemic in the way that they talk about things, but then they get like it's. 
they don't sound any different from Republicans once they get once they get into the quote unquote quote unquote woke stuff. It's like they talk about Biden like ex- as if he's making as if he matters. Like it's just it's yeah. like it's like of all people, I would expect to hear about Mayorkas or uh, Merrick Garland or like you guys. But you that's another thing, man. Specifically on the presidency in a way that you never talked about this previously. Yeah, oh, those people, yeah, because they, they used to understand the president was to a large extent like a figurehead or at the very least like just one top decision maker amongst a bunch of people who who make a, make policy, right? Where basically what the president is is, is he's a figure where uh, like policymaking apparatuses go to him for a final sign-off on what they've decided or the options that they give him options and he signs off on one. And in Biden's case, you know that, in fact, it is it is, in fact, Anthony Blinken and Mayorkas and Jake Sullivan and Victoria Newland and people like that who are giving the final sign off and just instructing him or just or they might not even bother anymore to to inform him. They might just leave him alone and like they go right to them and they're like, well, we haven't we here's some options we developed. Which one do we want to go with? Or do you want us to go back and like give you some more options or whatever? You know what I mean? Like that's how that works. And everyone gets that that's how that works. And of course, you know, I've been banging on about this—the the policy I mean, that's what direction. Congress, like, was supposed to like was supposed to in, like inform upon, like like vet these people. It's like there's an expectation that these people handle a certain bulk of the work. That it's not right. just the president, and that these like mindless functionaries are doing exactly everything he says. There was an expectation, like, oh, this is a system. We need to vet who the people, the people that the president is appointing, because this is kind of a give and take thing. These people have their own independent decisions on. On things but now it's just like treated as though that doesn't exist for whatever reason well, in a way it's, it's almost like jews have decided to take direct control of all these cabinet level positions in a way to like sort of circumvent whatever fucking political circus theater the republicans want to do yeah because it's like well we know while also disguising it while also pretending like that's not what's happening right but but it's also like it's like well you know we could put some goy in front of homeland security and put like a jew as his deputy but if we if we do that, then Republicans might make hay out of it at the appointment process and do some political theater. So in order to circumvent that, we'll just make it a Jew, and then they won't fuck around. Now, this Mayorkas impeachment thing, that shit came and went remarkably fast. And I didn't even really hear conservatives talking yeah. about it very much. Like, it didn't seem to excite them because he's not the president. And a lot of them probably don't know who the fuck he is. Like, I, ask them who who is the head of the he, Department of Homeland Security. The Trump uh, supporting members of my family that I've talked to, I have never heard the word Mayorkas or the name Mayorkas once erupt from their lips. I don't think they know who he is. And I don't even know if they They knew that they were that he was there was like an unsuccessful attempt to like impeach him, which was obviously political theater. But it almost feels like they pounced out on it because like we don't even need to do this. They're like, this is a waste of time. Like, no, the people we're doing this for don't even. Don't even understand why we would like they don't know what this is about. Like they don't get it. <laughs> like they don't understand why would we be impeaching this guy? Even even as like of something fake. It's really funny actually. So they just like they kind of just like eh, whatever. Eh, not doing it. That, so just yeah, that's the thing. If I, if, if I wasn't in tune to this scene, I probably like I probably just wouldn't know who Mayorkas, Blinken, and Garland are. Yeah. It just it does not come up whatsoever in any phone conversation I have with people. It just never no. happens. Which is always sort of funny to me, going back to COVID days, we've talked about this before. Why A log only Fauci and never A log uh Walensky? 
who was yeah, the Jewish never, head of the heard, CDC. What was I her first Tom, name again? Never, never heard um, Walensky. I don't know. I now have like forgotten what her first. I think it was like Rachel or something. Like that I want to say. Or, you, anyway, you, you know who I'm talking about. Always say Rachel's the name of any Jew you're talking about. Like you always do that. Is that I think that might be her name though. Like hold on, hold on. Let's see. CDC head Walensky. Ro- Ro- Rochelle. Rochelle. So close enough. Which, All right. Which, see? Which, 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 that's a, that is effectively the same name. So yeah. I'll give it to you. So, I will I will give that to you. Right. That is that is essentially the same names. Right. There you go. So yeah, I was right. So I wasn't just making it up. I was just I could have said Judith if I was thinking of like what's a Jewish woman's first name. I just, I just heard you before, like when you couldn't think of the first name, you just throw Rachel out there, which is not a bad like which is not a bad. Well, you got you got Judith, Rachel, and Sarah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you get like oh God no one one thing is for sure Mary you never Miriam or Mary that's highly unlikely to be one of them. Those that's going to be a Mary, boy. Miriam sometimes, like Miriam. I've seen I, it I've sometimes, but it's rare. It's just like you, Christopher. I'm always like a little bit freaked out. There's a Jew named Christopher. I'm like, what, why? Why though? There's there like a Jew be, named Christian. Wait, what? <laughs> Christian's a little bit. Christian's a little bit weirder. Like Christian's a like little Christian bit more. Exu, like what's going on with you that? Right? Almost get away with because Christopher just means like Christ bearer. So you can almost like from a Jewish perspective, you can almost make an argument for especially because like I think Christopher is now considered kind of like a more like in terms of the uh, of sainthood is less of a of a credible like known. Well, it's also like, just a common uh, first name, so it's like it's yeah. not even a lot of people don't even think that the word Christ is at the root of it, right? And. Yeah. So, like, one of the lawyers for Kaplan and Company, who was definitely Jewish, was named Christopher Green. Uh, he was the one who I was uh, – he was talking to me a lot during that whole lawsuit era. But, like um, – and I, I was wondering. Like, first I was, like, thrown off. I was like, this guy Jewish or not? And then I found a picture. I'm like, oh, yeah, no. Yeah, he is. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it still kind especially, of throws me off. Especially when we have Michelin situations. Yeah, it could be. But he had the whole curly hair schnoz thing going on, and he's working yeah. for Roberta Kaplan. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going with Jewish. But uh, but yeah. So I don't know. It's 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 very fun. This is I, I'm enjoy- I'm like very happy to be able to just openly like say all this shit. I mean, I don't know why. Nothing really was preventing me from saying it before, but I guess I felt like there was some idea that I needed to be nicer to like less intelligent people on the right. Although I've always been pretty harsh on like well, Trump, not, Trump and Trump supporters, say, it's not what you say, Mike. It's how you say it. It kind of really is, but now I don't really feel like I need to, no, I, like, to I say it nicely. Actually, I was actually being—I was actually being very sincere. Like it, no, it, it is. is not what you say; it's how you say it. And now I'm just which, like so fed which, up. Which is like, why nah. we often get in trouble is because we're not very good about how we say it sometimes. Well, I actually am usually pretty good about it, but now I just don't you, feel like being yeah, good well, about it anymore because I just don't see any points. <laughs> Also, I'm legitimately legitimately just, like, fed up with these people. Like, I'm fed up with dumbass rightoids and concern. I'm fed up with their stupidity. It is legitimately a fucking problem. It's holding us back, and I don't feel the need to, like, entertain it or indulge it anymore. They should just be called fucking stupid, and they should change. I don't know a better way to do it. Being nice didn't seem to work. Now let's just be mean. Well, year by year, we're getting increasingly like divorced from it because there's, yeah. there's no political aspect to it. So you can only spiral out into your own right. type of stuff. Because and frankly, like, you, 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 
you have that built-in audience, but like for people who are interested in politics, like they can be dragged down into that, but they have to be inducted into it. So if they're not, uh, if they're turned off by it, they're just not going to get into that kind of stuff. Right. And so my 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 theory now is also that just by like shitting on them, we'll probably actually attract more smart people than by pretending that that there's some connection there between us and them. Well, that's the theory, and at least I hope it's correct. <laughs> well, we'll see. <laughs> yep. No, and I, I genuinely hope it's correct. So I, I think it is because I see, like, when we are when I'm in groups of people, chat groups are talking to listeners, supporters, like people that are fans of ours or have been around for a long time, or you know, we like people get far more activated by shitting on them than by like the the pretense that like there's something to work with there. So I think that there's people, probably a people lot. Don't- People don't like the idea of having to walk on eggshells on on topics, and so if you're if you're afraid of being able to voice an opinion that is like that's subject to being policed by like conspiratorial takes, uh, that generates the whole idea of like walking on eggshells and people resent that people resent that a lot and they get activated by the idea that they can't just say like yeah Yeah. you know like i think this without like a bunch of people jumping down their throat about not believing a bunch of stuff that just really doesn't make a lot of sense and so that's where like that's why like the the experience of covid and to some extent some of the experiences with njp have gotten me to this position where i'm like no like I'm just going to tell you everything I fucking think and like whatever come what may. And it seems to it seems to actually be working. People respond to it and they like it. And a lot of people when we finally took cuz we were doing the covid eggshell thing for a bit and there was even some internal disagreement somewhat, but when we actually just finally all were in agreement and we came out and we just like started calling covid people like retards and shit, the number of people that like privately expressed like oh my thank fucking god. Thank God that, like, we don't have to, like, that this bullshit, like, we can just call these people morons. Like, thank fucking God. Like, the number of people that expressed that to me privately was quite high. So, yeah. yeah. Well, people just want to, like, there, there are people that just, like, they want peace, but they also don't want to have to They don't want to have to be themselves. fucking retarded. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be especially, retarded. Like, yeah, especially, especially if they have to keep their mouth shut because of... They don't want the trouble, despite the fact that it goes against what things they actually believe or, gets, or, just, or like, things they don't actually care about. Well, it bothers them a lot to be able to not just say, like, well, yeah, I'm not, it's not something I'm worried about. Why be in radical politics if you find yourself right back in that same position? Like, why even be part of this? Why not just go back to being, like, a self-censoring normie if you're going to be, like, a self-censoring, like, white nationalist? Like, what's the point? That's how I, I can – I know I can count on, on two hands the number of people that basically said exactly what you're talking about. It's like – Okay, so like I'm in this thing now, which is going to cause me a lot of trouble. But now I have to self censor my opinions on stuff. Yeah. So like, okay, well, what was the point of all this? Though? Right. Why should I take the risk? Like, if I can't actually just tell everyone that I think is retarded that they're retarded, <laughs> For, or or whatever else it might be, right? So yeah. Now the other thing is that it's sort and they, of like they, and the funny thing is like they had nothing against people who had anti like who had like very specific opinions on the the COVID stuff, but it's like what they were afraid of is like these people like harassing them, bothering them, jumping down their throat for not agreeing with them. Like, let's, like they didn't care one way or the other. It's just like they just didn't agree with them, but they were terrified right. of the idea that 
well, my opinion is just not theirs, and they're extremely vocal and very animated by this. Well, the other I thing is that it's like that comes from it. The thing about that is that the reason that we could say like, well, yeah, he, my here's my view, but like, I don't really care if you don't want to get a vaccine. Like, I, last thing I'd ever do would be tell you to take medicine you don't want to take. Like, I'm not about that, right? I didn't take the vaccine either. And the reason I didn't is because I was it was a personal health decision, legitimately. And if I thought it was a better move to take it, I would have taken it. But I didn't. But um, the point being that for us, that wasn't a political issue. Like, I didn't – that was a non-political – like, that – so that was intruding onto politics. And for the people that were really invested in it, that for them was the fundamental political issue. That was their battleground. So they were essentially saying that we were declaring ourselves like non-combatants on what they yeah, thought that, was a, a very important yeah. battleground, right? And for us, we're like, no, uh, for us, the battleground is like the power struggle with Jews. That's our battleground. And this is actually irrelevant to that. And it legitimately was because it didn't matter. And in the end, it didn't matter. But for them, that was the, that was the fight they wanted to have. And I was like, okay, you're just having a different fight. We're just not in the same army anymore. Like, you're just a different army. Fine. Whatever. Go fight over there. I don't care. It legitimately doesn't matter to me. Um, and I think that sort of shaking out of that. And again, my view is you were given that fight as something to have so you won't fight Jews. And that's part of their – That's that. so therefore you were effectively declaring yourself uh, a non-combatant in the fight against Jewish power when you decided to go join the COVID army. And like that's I what know, you've done. And if you want to do that, I can't stop you, but I will be critical of your decision to do that. But yeah. here we are. I know of at least one person, and there's more, but I know of at least one explicit person that basically said, like, the fight for white nationalism is over. This is the fight. We, and we and, might oh, they, oh, I saw a number of people saying there were, that. There were like, yeah. Saying, like, this is the relevant fight now. Like, this is where it all is. And, and only because it was, the, for, for, it was, like, getting a lot of media attention at the time. And like this is where it's all at, and it's sort of like I now that that kind of position is sort of like I want to be involved in what I see as the relevant battle, um, and I don't really care what it is. Uh, or it's just like no, the relevant battle is always against the actual people in, in power and making decisions. Um, and now here we are, where that is just well in the rearview mirror, and well, there's also a philosophical issue here of well as well as like if you're ideas can change based on what the media environment is then are they really ideas or are they just sentiments well, are, are you also not just because yeah because like i have certain ideas i have my own beliefs i, have my <coughs> beliefs and I, I you know i expound upon them i i say what they are whether what no matter what's going on presently within the world and so if those are eternal things like it's not really affected by what the immediate environment is but you find these certain types of people who like what they currently believe believe is based on what is currently happening like Mm -hmm. if you have a actual consistent belief system then actually that's not really germane to that right and that's sort of kind of the point is like Yes, actually having a, a, a systematic worldview, like you filter everything through it, and so then you can easily filter out those things that are like, well, this – and it's also like, dude, it's just obvious that, that shit was meant – you were meant to do that, right? If you got activated by Trump and maybe you were activated by like great replacement stuff, maybe you were activated by some racial stuff, maybe some religious stuff, like oh, you're a Christian and these are Jews or whatever, um, but, oh, now they got you on COVID, Anyway, this is an old thing. We've talked about this many times, but it kind of goes to the general idea of 
like combatants versus non-combatants on like the relevant political playing field or relevant political battlefield. And I, right now, what I see my role is, and our role is, is just is is actively like giving you the right ideas for being yeah. the like and trying to recruit people into. Uh, not necessarily the political project because we had all the <laughs> God knows. At some point, I'll tell my whole story on that. Uh, the organizational issues with that, um, which had a lot to do with individual personalities and all kinds of stupid shit. But like the right idea, which is that people who are intelligent white people who who felt like they should have by right had a role in a decision making power system that will decide the fate of white people, the direction of white society and are being denied that. And so that's what really, and that is always what a revolution, if you look in history, the revolutionary classes are always, I, I, I hesitate to say always or make up rules for history, but that is what a real revolutionary class generally well, has been. They're always, they're always the class A, the, the people, right. like, they're people who have not been able to take their role within the social system. And so they have to use for the apply force of some yeah. kind to be able Ultimately, to force the issue. through that, politics, that's, right? Yeah. And this is why America is like such like an, a bizarrely unique thing where because it's an anti-society, it gives you the it gives you the ostensible option to not opt into anything to try and be distant from all this. So you end up with these extremely insane people who enact extremely bizarre, transgressive violence to essentially act out in a way that like there's no comparable examples right. to this in any of this. Like, no one, yes, it, there's yeah. random violence that occurs, but not on the level and extent and the philosophical level that it happens in America. Right, and this is separate from like the black violence issue because black violence is sort of a constant. Like where you have blacks, you have violence, right? Because that's how they are as a race of people. But when you look, as you said, when you look at non- black related violence or things that could be classes like political ideological or like ideas based violence like it's just a, a fucking mess every, every act it's just like wild different from the other like you cannot make compare there's just no comparisons even ostensible like quote-unquote white nationalist nazi violence like there's no like act to act there's no comparison between them. there's no template you can actually follow they're all actually very individualistic right and i want to get into that further but right now we're going to take a break and we'll continue that discussion when we come back from the break um and so a couple things if you want to subscribe, if you've enjoyed the conversation, you want to hear the rest of it, uh, go to the right slash paywall, get a subscription. And if you'd like to be vetted, if you get a paywall subscription and you'd like to be vetted to join one of our supporter groups or the TRS community or the whatever the national, whatever they're calling themselves, the supporter groups around the country, uh, you don't have to be a TRS fan to join. Uh, it's up to the local leaders what they're criteria and um standards vetting standards are but if you would like to uh at least try to get vetted uh you can go to the right stuff.biz slash vetting that is behind the paywall though and that's simply because i don't want that form getting spammed mm -hmm. uh but <clears throat> so yeah if you would like to get vetted if you'd like to subscribe go to the paywall if you'd like to get vetted go to slash vetting and we will be back in these for the second hour like immediately frankly because if you're just listening to the second hour if you're listening to the page show, we're going to be right back. If you are not, go get a subscription. So we'll be right back.